during Advent and Christmas time, we are preaching on semi-sacred symbols of the season, candy canes, snow, evergreens, donkeys. While each of these tangible items illuminates an aspect of our multifaceted God, none of them has been mentioned in the biblical nativity narratives until today. Our symbol today is gifts. Our gospel text is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed its star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Thanks be to God for God's holy word. Please pray with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Rebecca McCann may have the best job in finance. Her official title is Senior Investment and Portfolio Strategist at PNC Investments, but more notably, Every year since 1986, she has been the one to price the cost of the items in the 12 Days of Christmas song to create the most entertain entertaining economic report that I know of, the Christmas Price Index. This year, the price for one set of gifts, not the full song repeated over and over, is $41,205.58, which is up 5.7% mostly due to what PNC calls the volatile birds trend. <laughs> Six geese laying are up a staggering 57%. And seven swans swimming, which have long been the most expensive gift on the list, will cost you $13,000. This curious festive report spurs countless questions. How much do milkmaids get paid in 2021? Well, according to McCann, minimum wage. And what about the nine ladies dancing? How long do they dance, and do you also need to purchase the venue for them? That I don't know, but I can tell you that the quote for the dancers came from a modern dance company in Philadelphia. 
And incidentally, last year, the price index excluded live performances due to COVID. And then there's the question of what to do with the 23 live birds that require care and feeding. If you say no thank you to the gift of feathered friends, you are not alone. I think the pandemic has accelerated shifts in our gift giving. One professor wrote that because of both supply chain issues and going to sleep with visions of Greta Thunberg dancing in her head, warning that buying more newly manufactured stuff is a nightmare for the planet, her family had shifted to giving experiences rather than items. Experiences like a trip to the Philadelphia Ballet to see the Lords a-leaping, or maybe just a trip to the water park with cousins. Other families I know have adopted a four-gift strategy that has been popularized by bloggers over the last 10 years. The four gifts are something you want, something you need, something to wear, and something to read, and the idea is to curb consumerism and waste. American gift-giving habits, it seems, are undergoing a bit of a transformation. Even so, do not fear. Though the semi-sacred symbol of gifts has ancient roots, our modern traditions are relatively new. In his sermon on snow, Bill named the Emperor Constantine's attachment of the celebration of the Nativity of Our Lord to the pagan festival of Saturnalia as the most genius marketing strategy in the history of marketing strategies, if I've got that quote right, because today Christmas is well over a trillion dollar industry. So if Constantine is the marketing executive, then it is Washington Irving and Clement Clark Moore who in the 19th century rebranded Christmas into the tradition that we know today, a home-focused celebration with stockings hung by the fire and gifts piled under the tree. Before Moore, Irving, and the elite of New York got a hold of Christmas, December was more of a drunken, raucous time of social inversion where the poor could knock on the door of the wealthy and demand food and drink. They took to the streets and abandoned social constraints like it was New Year's Eve or Halloween. In fact, the Puritans in the 18th century attempted to suppress Christmas because of its pagan roots in Saturnalia and its tendency for misrule. As New York City's population grew, the rowdy celebrations that spilled into the streets began to concern middle and upper class residents. So while traditions are malleable, successfully transforming social customs often requires a compelling story. And it was Washington Irving who first attached the legend of the Saint of St. Nicholas to New York. In 1809, writing under the pen name Diedrich Knickerbocker, he wrote an embellished history of New York. According to Irving, St. Nicholas adorned and protected the Dutch ship, the Good Woman, on its journey to the New World. And in a dream, St. Nicholas rode over the trees in the same wagon he used to deliver gifts to the children, guiding the Dutch to the place where they were to build their fort. And so this minor character of St. Nicholas received the proper patina of Dutch aristocracy when Irving wrote, they instituted that pious ceremony, still religiously observed in all our ancient families of the right breed, of hanging up the stocking on St. Nicholas Eve, 
which stocking is always found in the morning, miraculously filled, for good St. Nicholas has ever been a great river of gifts, particularly for children. Keeping up with the Joneses, or in this case, the Knickerbockers, meant uh, fashioning your Christmas traditions into home-based celebration, resembling what Irving claimed the best families did. And then in a visit from St. Nicholas, Irving's friend Clement Clark Moore added the details and the reindeer to create the story we all know as Twas the Night Before Christmas. All of this means that one biographer noted Irving did all he could to turn minor customs into major customs, to make them enriching signs of family and social togetherness. Later, inspired by Irving's Bracebridge Hall Christmas essays, Dickens again expanded the Christmas narrative. And so the gift-giving tradition we know today began to be formed in the 19th century. And that spirit of generous gift-giving that eventually expanded beyond the home to those in need continues today as well. You see it in this church's support of Christopher House's Family to Family program coordinated by Liz Dishner and her amazing team, and in the Children's Ministry's gift-giving to Lawrence Hall, led by Julia Peterson and Melanie Earle. Thanks to these leaders, hundreds of children received gifts through the outreach of this congregation, an expression of Christ-like love and care for our neighbors this year. So on this Sunday before Epiphany, the ninth day of Christmas, in a time when gift-giving is perhaps being transformed by the pandemic, let us turn from the drummers drumming and the sugar plums dancing to the Bible narrative. What from the Gospel of Matthew's account of the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh offered by these astrologers from Persia might guide us faithfully forward in shaping traditions that reflect the meaning of Christmas for us today? The three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh appear near the end of this passage, coming as a response to divine revelation, the appearance of the Messiah. The revelation is received not by the priests and scribes and not by King Herod the Great, but by outsiders from far away. They brought gold for a king, frankincense worthy of God, and spice for a suffering redeemer. Recognizing that God's promise has come in the flesh to live and dwell among them, the Magi come to pay him homage, to bow down in worship. Some commentators list bowing in worship as the first gift, making a total of four gifts. So perhaps the Magi's four-gift formula looks like something for worship, something for the one who rules our hearts, something for prayer, something for the one who gives us new life. Each weekday of December, Katie Lancaster offered us the gift of a daily devotional called Nativity as Prayer, and it was based on each of the four gospel narratives. Her reflections point us toward the Christ child, toward God with us. We have printed her Nativity blessings on cards for you to take home with you. You'll find them at the enter entrances after the postlude. And the gift of her words and the gift of today's narrative is not just for Advent and not just for Christmas Tide, but for the whole year through. 
May we look for God in our midst, in the physical, everyday world, in the semi-sacred symbols, in gifts given and gifts received, and in those places, or those people from places near and far who tell us of divine love. And like the Magi, may we offer our four gifts to God each and every day, gifts of worship, prayer, devotion, and treasure. May these gifts transform our lives and the world. Let us rejoice, for as the hymn we are about to sing says, Love has come and never will leave us. Love is life everlasting and free. Love is Jesus within and among us. Love is the peace our hearts are seeking. Love, love, love is the gift of Christmas. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>